Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Oh, it's so good to be here. I mean, I, you know, you, everyone says that. You kind of have to say that when you get up here. <laughs> I actually mean it. And um, maybe well, last time I was here, I'm not so sure, but this time I, I definitely do. And uh, I am, I just, oh, let's put it here. Yeah, you were actually right. I shouldn't have moved that. Um, it really is so, so precious what, what you have here and what we have in the, in the kingdom. You know, we have the king of kings and we are his subjects and that gives us something in common that no one else has in common. So I'm pretty happy and uh, it's good to get excited, isn't it? (laughs) We can't get excited about this. There's there's nothing else out there worth getting excited about. Um, It's uh, I'm just I'm just really happy here. so thank you. I'm just watching this clock. How much time can I wind down? Uh, I don't know if you were ever at school and the teacher said, if you behave yourself well, I'll let you leave early. So uh, I'll let you leave early anyway. You just behave how you like. Um, we have uh, a lot of different people that kind of come to our services on a Sunday who um, have questions that are maybe different than what... Uh, Christians uh, who've grown up in church would have. And if you were to ask, uh, uh, take a survey, go around and ask sort of the general population, if you could ask God one question, what would it be? The answer every time, you know, that the most popular answer from any survey generally comes up as as this, is why does God allow suffering? Uh, Why why does God allow bad things to happen, you know, if he's loving and he's good? Why, Why... why does that happen? And um, so for the last three weeks up in my church, I've been speaking on suffering, and uh, that has increased people's level of suffering. <laughs> and uh, their relief is greater when they leave, so in, in, the, way, in the way it works. But I'm going to afflict myself upon yourselves this morning. And uh, the, the, the idea the, the, or the occurrence of suffering, it's a, it's a problem because everyone suffers. I don't know about you, but I don't play the lottery because I know how to do maths. And uh, if you know how to do maths, you can't play the lottery because it just makes absolutely no sense. But every now and again, I get seduced by the ads. And they had this one a wee while ago. I can't remember the guy's name in the ad, but um, he has like a super yacht, you know, and it's like Euro millions or whatever. And I think, oh man, if I just won that... Would have no problems. <laughs> and uh, but what uh, they found, you know, surveying these lottery winners is they just get new problems. And no one's life is problem free. Everyone's life is difficult. Yeah. Everyone has suffering. Everyone goes through stuff. But but and when it comes to this concept of suffering and this this occurrence of it, it's like we can't explain it completely. Some people suffer more than others, and we just don't know why. But Christianity gives us, of all the explanations of all the worldviews, Christianity gives us the best uh, explanation of why things are how they are. But beyond that, it gives us a hope for the future and a, and a meaning uh, to go through stuff. So I just have to hesitate every now and again for several reasons. One is I've got, like, premature senility, and I just... 
I, you know, it's not even a joke. I'm, I'm just reporting the facts, and every now and again, I'm just going to wander around like a lost person, and then I'll click back in. Just have patience with me. And uh, I've been blessed being brought up in church, um, and I, I became a Christian when I was uh, 15 years old, and. I just, I'm so happy to see young people in church because I, I, I look at them and I think to myself, you're in the right place for minimizing the amount of pain that you're going to go through in your life. And that's what I want from my kids. I, I, can't, I can't guarantee that you'll have none, but I know that you'll have less. If you're, if, if you, if you're a devoted follower of Jesus Christ, what's going to happen is it's going to affect the quality of your decisions. And that's what I want to talk about today. I have, I'm blessed. I have not suffered as much as a lot of people suffer. And that's not because I'm, I'm really clever. It's just because I was born in the right place and I, and I heard the truth and, and I believed and I followed Jesus and I've made plenty of mistakes and, and, I've, and I've had some suffering. And, uh, but I've, I've learned that it's, 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 a, it's a good thing to be in church. It's a, it's a good thing to be a follower of Jesus and to do what he says because God does not want you to suffer needlessly. You know, some, I, that's a, it's a crazy thing to, to suffer needlessly. I love Kevin and Cheryl, I really do. Um, probably the main reason I love Kevin is, uh, I mean, there's one or two other reasons, but not a long list. <laughs> but the main reason that, that I love him is because of his use of the word stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Katrina hates the word stupid. It's very offensive, isn't it? And you don't like it. But Kevin, he has a way of making the word stupid far greater in power <laughs> and yet somehow less offensive. Yeah. He, goes, he goes, that's stupid. <laughs> and I, I, I've been applying myself to this um, mentally. I've worked out how to spell it. So here you go. It's, yeah. it's S-C-H-T-E-W P-E-E-D Stupid And um, we will be referring back to that during the, during the message here this morning So I promised what I would uh, talk about this morning Is um, why we do what we shouldn't And I've found that almost all the suffering I've experienced in my life Is because I've done what I shouldn't I knew the right thing to do, but I didn't do it. I did something else. Why do I do that? Why? We all make mistakes. Nothing wrong with an honest mistake, but we're talking about the dishonest ones. The ones where we go and do stuff that we know is wrong, but we just do it anyway. Why do we do that? Has anyone ever wondered that question? Have you ever felt like physically hitting your own head because of the stupid, stupid things that you've done? Or is that just me? Okay, phone this self-harm sort of helpline. But sometimes I just feel like, what on earth was going through your head? Well, today I'm about to explain. So hang on to your hats. I believe that uh, at the end, when I, you know, God, God is here and he's real. He's, a, he's spirit and he's going to do something in your life. I'm excited about it. And so the number one reason, first reason on the list I've got this morning, we're only going to talk about these problems for a little short time and then then they're going to go on to the solution because the solution is much better to listen to than the problem. And the, the number one reason why we, why, we, why we do what we shouldn't is we think we're smarter than God. Yeah. Every now and again, we think we're smarter than God. 
And uh, Galatians 6, 7, don't put this up, I'm just going to throw some verses out at you this morning. And if you're taking notes, you want to study this when you go home, you're welcome to do it. It says, do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked. Whatever you sow, so shall you reap. And so, basically, there's an action and a consequence. A wise man once said, you can choose your actions, but you can't choose your consequences. And so every action has a consequence, and that's exactly what it's meaning in this verse. And then it goes on to say, if you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption, but if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life. So when you do something that you know is wrong, your conscience warns you, but you, you, you break the, you know, God puts His law in our hearts, and we break it from time to time, and uh, it, it's our conscience. And, and when we do that, the Bible says that God will not be mocked. He says there is a consequence to that. He says, do not be deceived. Don't think that there won't be a consequence. But we're smarter than God. And we say, I'm going to do it, but it's going to be consequence free. And for that little moment in time, we believe it. And this is like, um, this is like someone who has taken leave of all of his senses. And, and he goes down to, to Dunnett Bay. Now, we have this beach uh, up where we live. It's called Dunnett Bay. It's, it's two miles long. It's a proper cold highland beach, not like one of your Nancy palm tree beaches. This is a proper wetsuit beach, yeah. how they are meant to be. Yeah. And, there, and it's a shallow profile, and when the tide goes out, it goes way, way out. Now, you can imagine some, some person taking leave of his senses, going out when the tide's out, and starts splashing and saying, I'm going to stop the tide from coming in. That's how stupid we are when we think that we can do things that, you know, that, and won't have any consequences. We're not smarter than God. He won't be mocked that when we do dumb stuff, bad stuff happens. When we sow to the flesh, we reap corruption. The next thing, so that's to do with the mind. The next thing is to do that with the heart. We do things that we shouldn't do because... We love something more than we love God. Yeah. Now, let me just throw you... I, I, um, see, I, I'm trying to do this thing, preaching without notes, yeah. but it's not good when, when you go blank. <laughs> Here's another verse. Jeremiah 29.11. Jeremiah 29.11 says that God has good plans for us. And, uh, but what you're actually saying, when, you know, what we are saying when we do stuff opposing to, uh, to His will, we're saying, my plans are better than your plans. Your plans are good, but my plans are b- better because yeah. I'm smarter than you. And uh, that's, it can only lead one way. So the, the, the next thing we do is we, we love something more than God. Now, the thing about worship is, is great. It's like lifting God up, isn't it? But if God is not number one in your life, you're lifting God up, but you're lifting something else up. So you can just be worshiping away, but you're also lifting something else higher on top of that. It's almost using it as a support for an idol that you have on top of that thing. And so worship, it's like you've got to sacrifice that thing. You've got to burn that thing and make God number one. And when we love stuff more um, than God is when we do stuff that we know we shouldn't. And, uh, you know, you can say that you love your, your family. I, I love my family. I, I really genuinely, I love them. But you can say you love them, but, you know, when the Antiques Roadshow comes on, it's like, shut up, I want no noise in here. <laughs> Fiona Bruce is about to speak. <laughs> It doesn't matter what you say, it's how you live that shows where your heart is. And uh, I use the, the Antiques Roadshow because no one really loves it. It's on in the background, but that's it, you know. It's like it's not a proper idol. <laughs> you know, but it's so easy. The, 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 the people have said uh, that the human heart is an idol factory. 
it, it, it creates things that, uh, that, it, that it wants to love more than God. Someone else, an ancient philosopher, said that inside of us we have a, a, a God-shaped vacuum. And if we don't fill it with God, the one who can truly satisfy, it just sucks in other stuff and we live for the things that just cannot satisfy and we have this unending hunger for just stuff that isn't God. And that causes us to do things that we know are wrong. And, uh, and so this is just a reality of life. The Bible says that the very first command of the Ten Commands is, have no other God but me. <laughs> Jesus usually answered questions with another question. But, but one time some Pharisees came up to him and said, what's the most important of all the commands? And he says, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind. He says, this is the most important command. To love him with all of your heart, soul, and mind. To give him your full devotion. And uh, so we know that the, these are things that cause us to go wrong. This is the third thing, and the last thing I'm going to say about why we do things that are, that are wrong is, is um, that we, we don't, the power of sin is not broken in our lives. Very important. This is probably the most important of all. When, when you become a believer, you see, I, I love what Jesus did on the cross and hearing about the cross. Most of the time we talk about uh, Jesus paid the price for us on the cross. See, on the cross, each of us has broken God's law and there is a penalty upon us that is, that is due to us. But Jesus took our penalty upon himself. So justice was fully met and God was able to be merciful to us. That's how much God loves us. But Jesus on the cross did a whole lot more than just taking our penalty. On the cross, Jesus broke the power of sin amongst other things. And this is not something we talk about a lot. But in Romans 6, 6, it says that I've been crucified with Christ and that, that I'm no longer a slave to sin because as, as, he, as, he, as he died to sin, as he broke sin, as he defeated sin, the great warrior, the great victor on the cross, now I am in Christ. I'm alive in Christ and sin is broken in me. Now, many, many people come to church Many people call themselves Christians, but in, the, in reality, not all of them uh, have had the power of sin broken in their lives. It's easy to call yourself a Christian, but that does not mean that you were born again. It does not mean that, that, that God has, has forgiven you. It does, it does not mean the power of sin is broken in your life. And, and, you know, sometimes people say, how can such evil things happen in the church? How can even these priests and these different people do these evil things? And, and it's like the reality is that you can, it's really easy to fake being a Christian. It's really easy to fake. And, and, uh, and you know, you can fake it right to the top. That's, history has proven that again and again. In, in Denmark, there's, there's ministers in, like priests or whatever, in the Lutheran church who are atheists. <laughs> Klaus was telling me about it. How does that even work? <laughs> and uh, so it's, you, you, can, you can just fake it. Just because you call yourself a Christian, just because you carry some sort of uh, authority and people look at you, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't... It, it doesn't mean that God has done the miracle inside you and broken the power of sin in your life. You see, a true Christian does not chase after sin. He falls into it. Now, let's be fair. We fall into it fair a bit. Yeah. <laughs> if we're honest, I'm not trying to lift myself up and, and, and say, look, I'm, I'm super Mr. Holy, um, you know, like, like Kevin, for instance. But <laughs> we all make mistakes, but the reality is, not everyone, is, not everyone is born again. The power of sin is not broken in everyone's life. But, but before I came, became a Christian, now looking back, I think I, I thought I was sort of became a Christian when I was 14, but what I was actually doing was just really trying really hard. 
And uh, I was going to school, and I'd, and I'd go to school, and I was like, today I'm going to be good, I'm going to be a Christian. And then I'd go to school, and I'd be bad. And I'd come home, and I'd torment, oh, no, I wasn't a Christian today. <laughs> and one time, I just, I don't, I don't even know when it happened for me, but it happens in an instant, in a moment. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says you become a new creation. It's not, a, it's not a gradual change, it's an instant change. One thing that Kevin said uh, many, many years ago, he said about when a, when a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, it goes into a chrysalis, and it doesn't, it doesn't grow wings and sort of, sort of just change. It turns into pulp. And then out of that pulp comes a butterfly. It's a totally different thing. It's not a slow change. It's a total metamorphosis. Yeah. And what happens when we, when we become believers in an instant... We, we, sin is defeated yeah. in our lives. I have many friends here who told me your stories that when I became a Christian, I stopped this and I stopped that. And, and suddenly, some, you know, it just everything changed. And it's like you don't need to go on a 12-step program or you maybe didn't come out perfect, but sin was broken in your life. And uh, this is such an important point. And so Jesus had uh, something to say about this whole um, whole thing of why we do things that we know we shouldn't and and uh, it's 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 my favorite story in the whole bible and uh, it's the prodigal son so so if you could put up the first photo there please that would be great so we find it in luke chapter 15 and uh the story starts with a young man who decides he's going to do exactly what we've been talking about he's going to do what he knows is wrong and he and it basically so he gets his inheritance from his father he lives on a farm and it's a it's a wealthy place and he decides to do some wild living now wild living doesn't mean you know bear grills wild living means <laughs> wild living means proper wild living he means he's going to have essentially i have to give the church sunday morning version but essentially he's going to have very short-term relationships <laughs> with some ladies that he pays for <laughs> he knows it's wrong he's been brought up with, a, with, with good morals and, and knowing the difference between right and wrong. But he says, I'm smarter than God. I'm smarter than my dad. I'm going to do what I think's right. I'm going to do what's going to give me the most fun. And I'm going to go and do it. So he does that. And so it's taken me a lot of research, but I actually found a photo of this young man. If you put up that photo, please. There he is. Now, this is obviously early on in the evening, and those ladies are not the ladies. This is, uh, but um, it, what do you think is going through his mind at this particular point? It's like, um, you know, sometimes we all get into this position, don't we? Right. I'm going to have me some fun. And uh, so, so here he is. He's, he's bracing himself for a bit of fun. But inside his conscience, he knows he's already left the farm. You know, he's, he's already decided he's going to do something wrong. And he, he, he's sort of devoted himself. He's made something more important than God. And he, what he said is, God, you're, you're, a, you're telling me there's going to be these consequences, but I don't think there are. I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to live my life when I'm, when I'm young. But what happens? What is the consequence of living like this? As you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. So what's the, ne- the next photo, please? This, has anyone ever felt like that? <laughs> this is reaping corruption. It's like, oh no, what have I, why did I do, stupid. 
and it always works this way. It may be slow for you, it may be quick for you, but eventually you will get to the same point. You cannot fight the tide. The tide of truth will come in. God will not be mocked and you will reap corruption. And uh, this is what this young man did. And, uh, but this is where the story gets good. So put on the next uh, slide, please. And uh, this is, it says this, when he came to his senses... How do we remedy this situation? You see, there's not a mess that's so bad that God can't fix it for you. When he came to his senses, he decides to go back home. and He's run out of money and his life is just an absolute disaster. And he says to his dad, I have sinned against heaven and against you. This is what we call repentance. Repentance is turning from something to something else. So you're turning away from what you know is wrong and you're turning to God and saying, Oh Lord, I've been stupid. I've been pushing the tide out. I've been thinking it's not going to work against me, but I was wrong and you were right. And it hurts to do that, doesn't it? It hurts to do that when you know you've been wrong. But you know what? If you do it early in your life, if you do it early along the the, the mistake, I remember I've never had a puff of a cigarette in my life. And I'm so glad (laughs) because so many people I know over the years have just struggled so much to do it early. Stop. Stop there. The, the conveyor belt of it, of it happening and early. And, uh, and it's, harder to, it's harder to do, but it only gets harder as it, as it goes on. It's hard to humble yourself. And this is exactly what he's doing. So put on the next slide, please, Dushan. I'm going to race through this today. So what we now see is the character of the father. And this is just absolutely beautiful. And when we were singing this morning, we we're singing about love and, and that. Now God, the Bible says God is love, Right? What does, that, what does that mean? You know, he's not just loving, he actually is love. And uh, so when we go to 1 Corinthians 13, this is the famous love chapter and it describes love. But it also, if you, if you think that God is love, then it's also describing God. And so this whole chapter sort of describing love, therefore describing, describing God. And there's one bit in, in verse 5 of 1 Corinthians 13, and here it says that, that love thinks no evil. Now, this is in the New King James Version. In a lot of your uh, other easier-to-read versions, it says he keeps no record of wrongs. But that's just a small part of this thing. Thinks no evil means this, that he doesn't think or plan anything bad for you. Yeah. You see, there's a, more Christians in, that I've found really believe this than not. They believe that God gives you bad stuff to teach you a lesson. Yeah. But he thinks no evil. God's not interested in... You know, he will use what suffering you have to get you somewhere, but he's not going to give you that suffering. God yeah. does not make you sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a really important thing to, to, to grab a hold of. God doesn't make you sick. So if God makes you sick, whatever you do, don't go to the doctor because you're stopping God from working. <laughs> if God makes you sick, don't take painkillers that are from the devil. <laughs> If God makes you sick and you take painkillers, God's going to have to make you have another type of sickness so he can get the job done. If God, you know, I think there's quite trainee doctors in here, isn't there? Yeah. Basically, who brought the demons in, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. like, who's going to stop God from working? He thinks, no, yeah, I'm sorry, mate. I don't really. He thinks no evil. God is love. Do, you know, do you want to harm your kids just to teach them a lesson? You know, like most of the time? Yeah. No, you don't. God doesn't make you broke. Yeah. He just doesn't do it. It's like there's no glory in poverty. 
And, uh, and uh, you know, I sort of had to rethink this over and over in my mind because, it, you know, you can read the Bible in isolation in certain passages and you, you can think it's saying things that it isn't saying in a, in a culture that it wasn't in. God doesn't glorify poverty. Don't be materialistic, but poverty is not a good thing and God doesn't give it to you. Yeah. You know, God doesn't... I don't, I don't want my children not to prosper and, and God doesn't want me not to prosper. Yeah. He wants you to prosper and, and, and have the good things. You know, he, he has created this world full of good things yeah. for us to enjoy according to how, how he's laid it out to happen. God doesn't tempt you with sin. Yeah. You know, God, you know, like we wouldn't say to our children, don't play with li- knives, these sharp knives, and then leave the knives out and let's see if you're flipping do it. <laughs> That's not God. He thinks no evil. He's love. And so... I mean, it's that you've got to expose the stupid mentality, you know, because it, this is how loads of people think. How loads of people think. So let's have the next verse and go back to the story, please, mate. So he got up and he went to his father. He humbled himself. Just read that next bit. This is so good. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. And I just think God does not wait for you to get right back into the center of his will. Yeah. Just get to the edge of the farm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just yeah. make that step. Yeah. God, will, God will make a thousand steps. Yeah. You know, God doesn't love you because you're good. He doesn't love you because you're, you're handsome or pretty or because you've done good charitable works or because because you're cute or he doesn't love you because of anything about you because if one day you had a bad hair day or an or a, or a, or a unkind day then God would have to love you less God loves you because he is love yeah. and it's all about him and, yeah. uh, and so it doesn't matter how bad you've messed up yeah. He'll, he, he can still forgive you you just have to repent and turn to him yeah. and uh, because we've all made these mistakes we've all thought we were smarter than God let's go on to the next one please and uh, it says here that the son of mine was lost and is found and uh, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. And this is really talking about being born again. And uh, this is talking about the metamorphosis. This is talking about the spiritual revolution which happens inside of someone. And this is talking about the thing that you can fake for the rest of your life, but it can change in an instant yeah. when you let God in. You know, God doesn't want you to miss out. God doesn't want you to live your life without him. God doesn't want you to live your life out of the farm while pretending that you're in it. Living your life out of his will while pretending that you're in it. Living your life with the power of sin working the way in you and and when it could be broken. Mm -hmm. And I know for each of us here, it's a difficult thing to try and consider, but you just got to understand this. God loves you so much. His plans for you are good. You could spend a billion years making plans for yourself and they would never be as good as his plans for you. You see, the reason that his plans don't seem as good as ours is he's a long-term player. He's a long-term thinker and he knows, he knows the tide's coming in. And for that brief moment, we can splash us away saying the tide's not coming in and we can delude ourselves. The Bible says, don't be deceived. It's not going to work. And, uh, and God, he's, he's got such good plans for your life. He loves you so much. And I, I really believe today that I just know that for some people, some people are, they're, <laughs> but your conscience is telling you, you know what? I know that this is wrong, but I'm actually, I'm, I'm wanting the fun. 
but I know this is wrong. And, uh, you know, the worst thing you can do is just fake it at that point. The best thing you can do is just be honest with God and pray this prayer, Lord, I don't even want to repent. <laughs> Lord, I, I want to enjoy sin for a season. Help me to change. I know this is not right. I know this is not heading in a good place. Just pray that prayer. It's not the prayer of a Christian, but it's a prayer of someone who's on the way. And it's a, humble, a humility that you need to take on because, man, the future is not good for you if, if, if you don't. And, and, uh, and I just want the best for you. God wants the best for you. He, his thoughts towards you are good. He thinks no evil towards you. And, and he doesn't want you to embrace things that he didn't plan for your life. Others of you are like, you know what, I, I, I need that metamorphosis. Sin has not been broken in my life. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I think I might be faking it. I thought I was a Christian there for a while, but now I think I'm not. Some days I'm a Christian, some days I'm not a Christian. It's like once the metamorphosis happens, it's dark and light. Yeah. And uh, you, you either are or you're not. You know you know, see, God is real. He's here. He can be a real part of your life. He's not a theory. Yeah. You know, I, I love the, the ph- ph- philosophy and the, 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 the different arguments for the existence of God and for the nature of God and all of that sort of stuff, but he's more than that. Yeah. And suffering is more than just a, an idea and an argument. It's a real thing that people go through. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, God wants to take you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He wants, he wants you to have that forgiveness. He wants sin to be broken in your life. And he wants to give you joy like you cannot possibly comprehend. And uh, that's what I found when I was 15 years old. It's what I want for as many people. Um, and you know what? God wants it so much for you. There's another group of us here, and it's probably all the rest of us, those of us who have been born again every now and again. Every now and again, maybe once every six months, we make a little bit of a mistake, don't we? <laughs> we? We think we're a little bit smarter than God. We do something that we know is wrong. And, uh, but you know, the Holy Spirit is here right now. God is here and he's real. And as I pray, he's going to move in your life. And uh, let's just bow our heads and pray and really be expectant in our hearts. Lord, we're just full of awe at your presence and your character. There's just no one like you. Lord, uh, we cannot comprehend how loving you are. We cannot comprehend how great you are, how powerful you are. Lord, we have our struggles in this life, and yet you have a a great plan and a great purpose for us. Lord, whatever age we are, whatever situation we're in, Lord, there's nothing that you cannot redeem. There's no sin that you cannot forgive. There's no one here who has wandered too far that you won't race to them if they would turn to you right now. Father, I pray firstly for those who are really knowingly living apart from you. Father, help them to see, give them an insight into the truth of how things are, that that there are consequences to our actions. Those consequences happen in the natural, but they're also supernatural, and that it is not a good thing to be estranged from you. Help them, Lord, to their conscience to, 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 to declare your law into their minds and hearts. Lord, that they would grow a heart to not to, want to not to want to grieve you, but to want to be closer to you. Lord, give them a hunger for you. Father, may they find salvation. Holy Spirit, move on those people right here and right now. Lord, I pray for those people here who, who are believers, but who struggle. 
Every now and again, we make an idol in our hearts. Lord, help us to help us to devote ourselves to you more than anyone else, more than anything else. Help us not to hold anything more dear than we hold you. Help us to love you with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. Every single bit of us, Lord, be to be devoted to you. Father, where there's little nooks and crannies which aren't yet subjected to your kingdom rule, help us to repent and to open them up to you. Let you shine your light and your truth into them. Lord, we thank you for your love and your plans for us. And Lord, for that last group now, I, I pray now for those, Father, who suspect that possibly they have not yet had the power of sin broken in their lives. Lord, uh, the ones who've maybe been trying to be good, the ones who are trying to be a Christian, the ones who are, are just not sure, today is your day that you can be sure. Today could be the day that the metamorphosis, the miracle happens and that you walk out of this place a new creation. And I just, I just pray for those people now, Lord. Open their hearts and their minds. Help them to see the truth. Holy Spirit, you are here. Not anything that I can do, but only what you can do can cause them to be born again. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.